I'm speaking this morning in the third part of our series on the secret of the Lord. And my title for today is Your Hair is Growing. Tell somebody your hair is growing. Please don't look at it. The, person's, uh, the person's head and have problems because for some people, when you tell them that it has different connotations, just tell the person, no matter what is on their head, that your hair is growing. I see all the reactions and I can understand. Your hair is growing. This is part three of our series on the secret of the Lord. In part one, we spoke about the secret of the Lord and we spoke about RSVP. In part two, we said God is not a formula. So far, we have established the fact that God has secrets or classified information that he reveals only to those who fear him. Our foundational scripture is Psalm 25 verse 14. Psalm 25 verse 14. Let's read it together from the New King James Version. Let's go. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. Hallelujah. We summarized one of the secrets of the Lord as RSVP and that stands for revelation, strategy, victory, and preservation. Let's say it together. Revelation, strategy, victory, and preservation. In our daily walk with God, we sometimes get to the point where we simply seem to be going through the motions. We love the Lord, but you wake up one day and you acknowledge that the passion that you used to have, the drive, the zeal has been affected. And you can't tell what happened, but you know you are not the same spiritually something you really treasured in your walk with god seems to be lost and your fear is that it is gone forever today we want to examine how we can lose our love for god and what happens when that happens but even more importantly how to bounce back when you hit rock bottom amen and as we come before the lord's table today it is our prayer and our conviction that something that is dead in your life will come alive again something that you have lost is coming back to you today in jesus name tell somebody is coming back let's go to the book of judges chapter 16 verse 20 and verse 21 judges chapter 16 verse 20 and verse 21 it says and she said the philistines are upon you samson so he awoke from his sleep and said i will go out as before at other times and shake myself free but he did not know that the lord had departed from him then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes 
and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in prison. May the Lord bless his word. Amen. Samson was one of the crop of leaders in Israel that they called judges. These were national heads that God raised right after Joshua led the people to the promised land. And the book of Judges lists 12 such leaders that they called judges. They were a unique set of people. People like Othniel, Ehud, Shamga, Deborah, Gideon, Tola, Jair, Jephthah, Ibzan, Elon, Abdon, and then finally, Samson. In a sense, Eli and Samuel were both judges and priests, and they were the last judges that ruled over Israel. Now, the peculiar thing about the judges is that they were, each of them had a specific mandate. In management, they called them situational leaders. They were raised for a specific purpose. So when you read the, uh, the biblical account of their lives, it is very narrow. The person was born. This was the situation they came to meet. Then this is what they did. This is how long they ruled. And then they died. Very often, that is the biography of a judge specific assignment and specific mandate in the case of samson his birth was preceded by a visit of an angel and the announcement of his mandate and his life calling which was to deliver israel or begin to deliver israel from the hands of the philistines let's read from judges 13 verse 1 to 5 and see the announcement of the birth of Samson because there are very interesting lessons there. So in Judges 13, 1 to 5, Bible says, Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Verse 2. Now there was a certain man from Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazirite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Amen. This was the word of the angel to Samson's mother. And Bible says that when she told her husband about the visitation of the angel, it was so remarkable and phenomenal that they prayed to God and said, Father, if it was you who sent that angel, let him come back and, and confirm the message. And interestingly, it's the only time I've seen in the Bible that there was such an occurrence, the angel actually came back. 
and repeated exactly what he had told them that this child is special and this child will make an impact in their generation so Manoah and his wife are given a firm assurance that this child that is about to be born is a deliverer somebody say deliverer so after that Bible says in verse 24 and verse 25 that the woman bore a son and called his name Samson and the child grew and the Lord blessed him and the Spirit of God began to move upon him at Mahenada Dan between Zorah and Eshtaol the name Samson from the Hebrew word Shemesh means of the sun of the sun that was his destiny in Psalm 84 verse 11 Bible says the Lord God is a sun and a shield the Lord gives grace and glory so right at his birth Samson was called of the son of God sent by God to be a light to his generation and as a judge Samson's approach was different from the other judges as I mentioned these were situational leaders and each one had not just a different mandate but a different approach so Samson's approach was different from Deborah from Ehud from Gideon from Jael and his calling was to be a Nazirite right from birth if you read Numbers chapter 6 being a Nazirite meant three things number one he should never cut his hair never ever cut his hair number two he should abstain from wine or any fruit of the vine and then number three he should not contaminate himself by coming near what was seen as unclean or in that regard a dead person so Samson's mandate as a Nazirite number one don't cut your hair number two don't drink and number three don't come near a dead body so in Judges chapter 14 Samson begins his work as a judge and the first thing he does is find a nice girl from Timnath in the Philistine country and he says to his parents I like this girl and the parents said ah so you can't find any nice girl in the whole of Israel you have to go to the Philistines to find a girl there but interestingly in verse 3 and 4 Bible says his parents did not understand that it was God orchestrating for him to go there so he can have occasion against the Philistines so Samson goes ahead to marry this Philistine girl and at the bachelor's night or, or wedding party they bring him 30 young men to come and give him as a young people say morale so 30 young people come to support him and Samson gets very excited then he gives them a riddle very interesting riddle he says if you answer the riddle I'm going to give you 30 linen garments so three days the people put their heads together and say what exactly does this riddle mean after three days they decide that you know what I don't think we can find the idea to this very complex riddle so they turn their attention to Samson's wife 
and say, if you don't tell us the meaning of the riddle, we'll burn down your house and burn down you and your father. So she pestered Samson for, for, from the third day to the seventh day, and then finally he tells her the meaning of the riddle. So Samson goes to the party again, very excited, knowing that he will definitely win the, the, the contest, and these people come and answer the riddle that he knew no one knew the answer the moment he realizes that he has been outsmarted samson goes to nearby philistine town of ashkelon and kills 30 men collects their linen garments and comes to give it to the people that was samson and then in anger at what they had done he leaves his wife and goes away then the parents give his wife to the best man Samson goes away for a while and changes his mind and comes back and says, can I have my wife back? Then they say, ah, you didn't sound interested, so we have given your wife to the best man. And he says, as for this one, no one should blame me for what I'm about to do. So Samson goes out into the field and catches 300 foxes. I'm still trying to figure out how he did it. Because when I watch some of these hunting... <laughs> channels catching a fox is wild in itself but bible says he tied them in twos so maybe you catch two at a time and then tie their tails together and put a touch a, a touch of fire between their tails now once the fire is burning they run helter skelter in the in, in 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 the farm and he released all of them into the harvest of the philistines that were ripe so they bent down the harvest as retaliation, the Philistines burnt Samson's wife and her father. And then Samson retaliated by killing even more Philistines. Then he moved back home to Judah to take a break. While he was at home, 3,000 men of Judah said, you know what? Because of you, the Philistines are coming after us. So let us hand you over to them because we can't fight the Philistines. You know that they are our oppressors. He says, you can hand me over on only one condition. You yourselves don't attack me. Just give me to the Philistines. So they tie him with two fresh ropes and march him to the top of the hill, hand him over to the Philistines and turn their backs. The moment the Philistines see him and they come charging, Bible says the fresh ropes melted like wax in fire and samson looks around for a weapon and just finds a jawbone of a donkey and slaughters 1000 men with a bone in all these instances the bible repeatedly says and the spirit of the lord came upon samson when he finished killing the thousand men he was so tired and thirsty that he was about to die he says lord you have helped me to kill 1,000 men. Will I die of test? And he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord opened the rock, and water came out, and Samson drank. Somebody say anointed. Then in Judges chapter 16, Samson found another harlot. That one the Bible specifically calls her a prostitute, also a Philistine woman. And then went to the woman's house at night. Once the Philistines heard that he was there, they locked the gates of the city and lay in wait, saying that in the morning when he is going, the gate is locked. Now, where will he pass? 
at midnight, Samson wakes up, carries the gate, the padlock, the hinges, the pillars, everything on his shoulder, climbs up the hill carrying the gate. Samson was terribly anointed by God for his assignment. And as long as he stayed with these assignments, he kept pushing back the Philistine oppression. The interesting thing about Samson's calling was that his approach was very different from what anyone else will do. It reminds me sometimes of the fact that we all are set to do something for God, but God has a very interesting sense of humor. What he would ask Deacon Akins to do to push back the strongholds of the enemy will be different from what he would ask you, Prof, to do. But in all of them, God's hand is in it. If you don't understand how God works, you assume that the way God works in your life is the way God must work in somebody else's life. But tell somebody God is up to something. I say God is up to something. If we make the mistake of assuming that only the clergy are serving God or only pastors are doing the work of the Lord, that is our first mistake. Every one of us has an assignment, a unique assignment of God that you are pursuing. So as long as Samson was pursuing his assignment, the Philistine oppression was being pushed back. And Samson began to understand the secret of the Lord, which is revelation strategy victory and preservation let's see it together revelation strategy victory and preservation then in judges 16 verse 4 and this happened over a 20 year period and that's one more point i must make sometimes when you read the biblical account because it is compressed you think this is just two weeks everything i'm describing happened over a 20-year period and during that period israel had relief from the philistines then in judges 16 verse 4 it all went horribly wrong tell somebody one step too far tell the person one step too far it says that afterward it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. As a biblical scholar, you ask yourself, if he even loved a harlot and survived, what was interesting about loving a woman in the valley of Sorek called Delilah? The name Delilah means delicate 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 simply means handle with care the hebrew name from which delilah is derived is lila and lila means night night don't forget that samson's name means the sun or the light so the sun and the night are going to coexist who will win the battle of light and darkness so that is where it all began but even more interestingly the name Sorek meant four things it was the valley of choice the valley of choice 
it also means a choice kind of vine don't forget that samson as a nazirite had a commission from god that says number one don't cut your hair number two don't drink anything don't even go near the vine this was the value where the best grapes the best wine was made the third meaning of of sorek is hissing hissing is the sound of a snake when it's coming it sounds gentle it sounds not very dangerous but be careful so the first one sorek means a value of choice it means a choice kind of vine it means hissing my two favorite definitions of sorek are the last two the fourth one says it's the valley of a fertile spot watch this and yet the fifth definition says it is a fruitless tree how can a valley of a fertile spot be a fruitless tree herein lies the secret of the valley of Sorek. it's a place of contradiction a place of contradiction what do you mean by contradiction in proverbs 14 verse 12 bible says there is a way that seems right unto a man but the end thereof is the way of death what that simply means is that from a certain angle you say this is it this is the life this is fun this is great but the bible says the end of that way is the way of death so from one angle you say this is a fertile spot but when you get close to it it's a fruitless tree how many times don't we find ourselves as children of god in the valley of sorek sorek is that wild gate that leads to the house of the enemy sorek is that rope called pleasure that pulls you that ties itself around your waist and pulls you to the place that you yourself don't want to go sorek is the place of choice where the good and the bad meet and the good is corrupted by the bad sorek is that place that you, you and i go to that god's presence will not go with us sorek is that loud voice that tells you it's okay all your old schoolmates are doing it why do you think you are different that my friends is sorek sorek is that thing that drives god away and blocks your communication with heaven and finally sorek is that state of spiritual laziness where you don't want to pray you don't want to read your bible and yet you say you love the lord somebody say mm. is it possible that you and i are unknowingly hanging around the valley of sorek the beautiful thing about our work with god is that it does not allow for pretense 
God loves it when we are honest with him and say, I'm struggling. I seem to be hanging around Sorek. And when you do that, God is so willing, ready, able, and available to help you to rise from the valley onto the mountain top. But it starts with telling God, is it me or I am around Sorek? Have I been really praying this year? Am I growing spiritually or have become very lazy and tardy in the things of God? Tell somebody Sorek. Sorek is also a place of assumption. The moment the Philistine leaders found out that Samson was interested in Delilah, they approached her in the very next verse and said, you know what, let's sign a contract. If you deliver Samson to us, each of us will give you 1,100 talents of silver. I tried to calculate the value and I got lost in the number of zeros. But to give you an idea, Joseph was sold for 20 talents of silver. Our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed for 30. The Philistine leaders offered Delilah, each of them, they didn't even tell us how many they were. Even if it was only one of them, 1,100 talents of silver. Delilah had very serious business to do. The return on investment was too high. 1,100. So she was very committed to the task right up front. And the Bible says that she set off on the task with only one thing in mind. And she deployed all her abilities, temptations, threats, blackmail. And after wearing Samson down for a long time, finally topped it up with the choice vine, the choice wine of the valley of Sorek. By the time Samson finished drinking that wine, everything was finished. And the ease with which Samson told her the secret of the Lord was amazing. And Bible says in Judges 16 verse 20 to 21 that after Samson told her the secret of the Lord and they cut Samson's hair she said Samson the Philistines are upon you she had said that several times in the past and they can tie his hair with with to the hair loom anything and he just will stand up if he can carry a gate and the hinges and the pillars how much more the, 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 the bed and the post. But this time, Bible says that when he woke up from his sleep, Samson said something that was very significant. He says, I will go out as before. As at other times, just as I've always done. I will shake myself and I'll be fine. But Bible says he did not know. The question is, why did he not know the bible says the secret of the lord is with those who fear him the moment that fear of god that reverence for god that dependence of god on god that trust in god left something the secret went and he did not know friends 
the thing about our walk with God is that the Holy Spirit often comes in with a loud noise and a great force. But he always lives very quietly. It is no wonder Samson did not even know that the Spirit had left him. Had left him. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God came with a great force. But when he's living, there's no sound. Samson had come to a place where he assumed that God's help was automatic. That the results were automatic. That he could do anything he liked and still wake up, shake himself, and it would happen again. The valley of Sorek is finally the place of depreciation. Depreciation. It is that place where you come to the lowest point in your life. The great man Samson, the man who could kill a thousand people without any conventional weapon, Bible says he was reduced. In verse 21, then the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in prison this is the man who had dominated for 20 years in the place where he was his vision had been taken away by taking out his eyes they are taking out the ability to dream and to envision the future by binding him with bronze fetters, they had taken away his mobility. He could not move. And then finally, by letting him grind corn or grind things in prison, the little strength he had left was being used to serve his enemies. That, my friends, is a place of depreciation and humiliation. In Revelations 2, 4 and 5, the Bible says something very interesting about the church at Ephesus. He says, you are doing fine. You are okay. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. What the Bible was saying is that when you, when you found God first, you will pray. You will read your Bible. You will fast. But as God blessed you and you began to prosper, now... You do, it, um, you do it when it's convenient. And he says, no. Your prosperity is not an explanation or excuse not to pray or fast anymore. He says, you have lost your first love. The next verse says, remember where you are falling from and repent and do the first works or I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. What was Samson's name? From the sun, the light. He says, if you don't repent and come back to the thing that made God love you and made God, made God trust you that you are the one, the light that you have, I'll take it away. Same thing in Galatians 5 verse 7. Paul told the Galatians, ah, is it me or you were doing very fine you ran very well who blocked you 
Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Again, Paul was wondering, this person had been doing very well spiritually. Everything was fine. What is it that made you suddenly now move to a place where spiritual things, you don't have appetite for them anymore? Is somebody in church? Is somebody in church? That, my friends, is the valley of Sorek. And today, some of us are in church. And if you be honest with yourself, you say, Lord, I've left my first love. I used to love the Lord. I used to serve in church. I used to be very passionate about honoring Christ. But if I'll be honest with myself, I come to church now to go through the motions, to tick a box that I came. Say, now, Lord, you see, now I came. But you know, God is not impressed with that one, my friend. God wants your life. He wants your heart. He wants to be your first choice. So this morning, the simple message from God is go back to that first love. That thing that made you yourself, you and God, you are like, like body bodies. So close. When he speaks, you hear. When you walk into a place, you literally bring the presence of God. This morning, the special message from God to that person who says, Pastor, I am the one you are talking to. That message is found in Judges 16 and verse 22. Judges 16 verse 22. Bible says, however, the hair on his head began to grow again after it was shaven. I came with good news for somebody. Oh, you may have made mistakes. You may have missed it in your walk with God. You may have disappointed your own self and said, God gave me so much. Why have I let God down so much? The message from God today is that you may have lost focus on your purpose and your assignment. You may have lost your zeal for God and backslidden. But guess what? Your hair is growing. The message from God to somebody, you may look back today and say you are now a laughing stock over the people that you were champion over and you were leading and you were ahead of. But I came from God to say your hair is growing. Somebody is running a business and saying, Pastor, I started well. The mandate was clear and strong. But along the line, I lost it and I made mistakes. And now I am not even recognizable from what I used to be. My capital is gone and things are not working. I've lost customers. The announcement from God is that your hair is growing. You say, Pastor, I'm a pale shadow of what I used to be. Thank God for that. But the announcement from God is that your hair is growing. Somebody says, my marriage has been compromised beyond recognition. We started so well. And everyone was giving us funds. But along the line, the enemy crept in and I compromised. And today I am a laughing stock. The announcement from heaven is that your hair is growing. It doesn't matter where you are today. It doesn't matter how shameful it is. It doesn't matter how bad things have gone in your health, your finances, your ministry, or your relationships. The announcement from heaven. I can't hear you. This morning in the house of the Lord, it's a place of renewal 
and a place of restoration. Throughout this week, God has just given me an assurance that somebody is about to recover your lost glory. Somebody is about to recover your lost glory. Restoration is coming to somebody. Your glory is coming back. Your vision is coming back. Your authority is coming back. Your beauty is coming back. You may have gone down a certain road, but your strength is coming back. In the book of Micah, chapter 7, verse 8, it reminds us that our end is the glory of the Lord. It says, do not rejoice over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. And when I sit in Sorek with my head in the place of night, and I arise and I come back to my God, my God will be a light to me. Let me give somebody encouragement. You may have made mistakes, but the light of Christ is shining in your situation. I said it is shining in your situation. Let not anyone rejoice over you. The Philistines threw a party. They said, finally, after 20 years of waiting, we've got him. You see how they announced that they've got him Osama bin Laden? I remember that video. Three words, we've got him. The Philistines said, we've got him. It was an announcement, public announcement. We've got him. And they threw a party in verse 23 to honor their God and announce their victory over Samson, their enemy. They brought him out in public and reduced him even further to become now a comedian. Dance and misbehave for us to be happy. The Bible says that Samson's hair had been growing and no one had noticed. Over the past month, God has been speaking to somebody and no one has noticed that your hair has been quietly growing. The fear of the Lord had come back to Samson and no one had noticed because they were all so enamored with the shame that they were seeing in Samson. They were not noticing small changes that showed that God was gathering his son back again. They were so excited. He has fallen. It is shameful. It is so nice. We've waited a long time for this. And in verse 28, Samson prayed a prayer and said, Oh Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Please lift up your two hands to God. Please. Say, Oh Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. May the strength of God come to somebody. May the place that you have known as a place of shame and disappointment be turned into a place of strength. May God come through for somebody, hold you by the hand, and lift you up and restore you. Somebody said, but Samson chose to die with the Philistines. I say, because his assignment was done, he made that choice. We don't make that choice. We will live to show forth the glory of God. But the prayer of Samson stands unabated. He said, oh Lord, remember me. May that be somebody's prayer this morning. Bible says, for a small moment have I forsaken you. 
but with great mercies, but with great mercies, I will gather you. May God gather somebody today. May God gather a family going through a challenging moment and feeling that all is lost. May God gather you. May God gather somebody who says, I used to be so strong and on fire, but I've lost it. May God gather you today. Strengthen me, O Lord. Remember me, O God. May God mention your name. May God mention your name. And may God lift you up. Bible says when Samson prayed that prayer. In one day. In one day. He killed more Philistines in fulfillment of his assignment. Than he had done in 20 years. That is the anointing in the service today. The anointing in the service today is that grace to do more in a day as the Lord lifts you up than you have done in 20 years. May somebody receive it. I said, may somebody receive it. I came with a divine announcement that you have done great things in 20 years and you may even have made some mistakes and experienced setbacks but in this season as God remembers you and strengthens you once again you will do more in one season than you have done in 20 years it shall be a testimony it shall be a song it shall be beautiful it shall be glorious and God's name will be glorified may God be glorified in somebody's life may your testimony honor Christ may you find your love for God once again and may you rise to the mountain top where you belong Long. may the Lord keep you may the Lord preserve you may the Lord hold your hand and may the Lord fight for you and strengthen you to that next level in Jesus mighty name Amen